On this episode of Progressive Palaver, the group discusses yeses from a page. Welcome to Progressive Palaver, a group of lifelong friends and appreciators of music discussing the greatest progressive rock bands album by album. I'm Joe Beauclair, and on this episode of Progressive Palaver, I'm joined by my very good friends, Paul Zotter, Ken Gregory, and hopefully in a little bit, Tom Corcoran, as we return to the Yes catalog to cover From a Page. Right, gentlemen, welcome to our sort of grab bag casserole uh, mini segment in between large segments where we are going back and scooping up a couple of things that have come out in the last several years that are impactful to us and the bands that we have covered so far. And we will start tonight with the 2019 release from Yes, from a page. And we will then go on to cover late model releases. Um, another one from Yes, Marillion, Stephen Wilson. And then I think we've sort of agreed to finish up this little mini segment with a an album that has certainly become very near and dear to me. And I think basically to the palaver as a whole. And that is the soul release from Sound of Contact, Dimensionaut. But it, uh, it's like Queensryche alienated our audience and you're checking all the boxes to bring people <laughs> back. <laughs> like, like, give me one yes, one Marillion, one Stephen Wilson. Well, well I mean, if, if, we had a, if we had a Pink Floyd to throw in there, we would, we would have <laughs> all of our bases would be covered. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy but but we don't have a pink floyd we do however have these other things i mean just with the exception of dimension not all of these have come out since 2019 and we were past you know all those segments in in the in the podcast and we were you know deep into genesis and pink floyd at that point and um and and you know just we didn't make the time to sort of go back in real time and get them. And, and I don't necessarily regret that, honestly. Um, one of the ideas that I had actually when I was going around today was I, I thought it might be fun to put a floater out to our friends at the Yes Music podcast and maybe do a quick lessons learned with them mm. because I, they covered these albums, you know, very shortly after they were released. And I wonder if they have any different opinions of them today than they did back then. So um, just a thought I had. Uh, so that um, would be interesting. Kevin or Mark, if, if you're still listening, um, well, actually, if you're still listening, we will hopefully have reached out to you and recorded this long before this ever airs. 
but if you're listening, um, we are indeed uh, keen to maybe have a another crossover episode. It's been a while since we've done that and uh, discuss these, you know, the the state of yes uh, with regards to recordings from 2019 and 21. Maybe we it's could a- play the, the the answer is yes game with them finally. That'd we did great. threaten that that never happened. Yes, I mean I, I've been I've been waiting almost as long to play that game as I have been for the release of partly palaver videos. <laughs> uh, all ideas in good time. <laughs> it's a shame we're not a current events podcast because um, uh, Kevin was on vacation and 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 Mark kind of commandeered a lot of the show himself and. And we got news that there will be uh, some relayer tour, but maybe only in the States. Um, it's been an interesting yes week. Uh, I, I would like to, to take a quick aside when you're talking about that, because it, it reminded me there isn't a lot in the wikis about from a page. I mean, it's, it's essentially an EP. I believe they call it a mini album. And so I wanted to go sort of, I went to yesworld.com to see what yesworld.com had to say about it. And and I just want to make the point that that is one of the shittiest websites I have ever accessed in my life. So whoever is doing that needs to rethink how it's put together. It's difficult to get information and the information that's available is not nearly of the level that I would have expected. So that's just my two cents. It it really does look like it's um, you know, a MySpace era <laughs> website design. It, it's this. it's just not great. It's 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 not great. It's not uh, it's it's not particularly user friendly. And so, as is the case, then, or as a result of that, we I am very light on lore for from a page which is sad hey i do have to just say that even even though the website i actually you know <laughs> this website is my speed you just scroll and click there's not a lot of stuff going on here. yeah but <laughs> like if you if you if you hit their biography right it just it, it just keeps loading and it goes on forever and it takes a really really long time uh, must be on some like super old server i just tried to click on the the merch page because I, I noticed they have beach towels. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> Do they really? Well, I can't, like you said, the, um, the, uh, well, it's just, a, it's a blanket bundle. I'm assuming that means it's a beach towel, but, but yeah, it just keeps loading. Nothing's happening here. It could be my outdated, um, my outdated uh, browser. Let me see if I can get it on, uh, on my other computer over here. Hills woven blanket. I want that. We just need the Palaver beach towel with the link that says coming soon. Oh my God. Yeah, that's really Safari. Safari can't even open the page. <laughs> so I don't know if you guys follow uh, Roger Dean on Instagram at all, but there was a post this week. Maybe it was last week. And, and I don't know. I don't remember where it was and, and anything else, but there was a, it, it was some Roger Dean stuff in a gallery, and there was the full size painting of the cover from ABWH. Wow! And it was stunning, absolutely mind blowingly beautiful. Wow! 
really love this blanket. All right. So uh, when we go to, uh, to Ken's new Casa, we're going to expect to see a blanket um, from Roger Dean somewhere. Yeah, you're assuming I'll be able to afford a blanket. Be a nice, be a nice housewarming gift to to give to you. Well, there you go. Yeah, and maybe that's the way we do it, right? Unfortunately, I can't access the merch store, so (laughs) I may I I may have to just mail them a letter and ask them to buy one. (laughs) I've I've got you covered, Paul, because I can get in, and uh, I still owe you for Steve Hackett, so that'll be fine. Ah. All right. So anyway, <laughs> despite all of that, we are yeah. here to talk about an interesting sort of, you know, uh, era, time period, whatever you want to call it in in yes history. And that is basically 2008 to 2011, which featured the five person lineup of Chris Squire, Alan White, Steve Howe. Oliver Wakeman, not Rick Wakeman, Oliver Wakeman, and Benoit David. Near as I can tell, the the lore says that Yes was planning a 40th anniversary tour, and Rick decided that he was not going to participate, and he said, hey, guys, I'm not going to do it, but my boy Oliver over here is pretty good. You should take him. Hmm. So Oliver says, great, and they say, great. And then that's when John Anderson had his medical problems. Right. And so as I understand it, um, I don't think Oliver ever got to go out on tour with John. And at that point, they replaced him with Benoit and away they go. And so they I guess they did the the in the present tour, which is the the live album that is was actually packaged with from a page when it was released and then they were in the studio as the five of them to you know record an album and somewhere along the lines and i i I probably could have looked into this but you know somewhere along in that period is when it was decided that i guess fly from here should be recorded and the next thing you know jeff downs comes in and poor oliver gets pushed to the side Mm. and essentially excised from from fly from here i know we here on the palaver have at times raised a certain amount of indignation on behalf of the treatment of benoit david with regards to the band but i think the treatment of oliver wakeman is in some ways even worse he did end up being credited with playing on four tracks on fly from here but essentially, he was just squeezed out of the band hmm. when when Jeff Downs came in. And these four songs apparently were also, you know, were recorded at that time. And I want to say when From a Page was released, the story came out that I guess Oliver approached the band or, or Steve specifically and either, I guess, asked for permission to complete these and was given permission. And so, you know, it, it, it was, you know, different because at this point, John Davidson was in and, you know, everything was different. But, yeah. and, you know, and yeah. I, and I think sort of when I, I could be totally off on this, but I feel like when 
when Chris Squire passed, um, they were they sort of wrapped up the tour. Billy was playing, and and they and they did they were you know touring. They did the 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 uh, tribute to him before the show. And then I feel like after that, it was like all the versions of yes, you know, sort of happened. They went to the Hall of Fame. Um, they, you know, they had the 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 speeches and the and the great, and then and then ARW came out, and then the the yes and its current lineup started started doing everything. And I feel like when everyone started using the yes name and started doing that around the same time that Oliver and I remembered exactly that. You know, he was very um humble um when as he and it talked about um this record and i don't really remember the band necessarily touting the record i remember oliver wakeman talking about the record and talking about how happy he was that the that you know the the band chose to release it under the yes moniker and, and all of that and but it just seemed kind of like part of that all things yes were you know coming back into into style that's when they redid the you know the um fly from here and all, all of that that's how i remembered some of that and and it's 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 a very solid point in that it was released under the yes moniker it was released with full roger dean artwork i, I mean you know it it was you know released as a, a full yes yeah project and I mean, I think it's exceptionally worthy of of that as well. I, oh, you know, we'll absolutely. get into it. Absolutely, um, but it. I just, I, I, I do think it's it's a delightful um, record, and I honestly wish there was more of it. Um, mm-hmm. Did we force rank yes um, albums? I don't know that we did, but maybe we did. I don't remember. Can't remember. I don't know if maybe we just did a top five and one from the bottom. Yeah, I maybe. This would certainly, uh, yeah, this might might certainly push a couple of the ones at the bottom further down. This little EP, and I have the the benefit. So I went crazy. Um, first of all, you guys got to check out the picture. That's oh, that is nice. I mean, the you've shades. got the you've got the three old guys, right? And then you've got. You've got Oliver looking like a long-haired Agent Smith, and then you've got Benoit in the middle, and he's got his his he's like standing there, but his hands are in this sort of weird open forward position. Like I don't know exactly what he's doing, yeah. but it's it's and interesting. Steve, how's the only one without shades on? Yeah, it kind of looks like all the people who didn't make the the final cut in the casting for Superman uh, <laughs> two, and and then as I showed you guys last night, it it is in this uh, beautiful translucent light blue color. That is that beautiful, is, and it just goes so well with the Roger Dean artwork in the middle. It, it's it was a delight um, pulling this out and listening to it. And I will say that you know I've I've listened to this on CD. I've listened to it on spotify and last night i was listening to it a lot on vinyl and you know they're all good but the vinyl is delicious wow wow the Mm. spotify version annoys me because they put the single edit on first 
on the on the tracking. I mean, how stupid is that? That is pretty stupid. On the vinyl, it's it's the last track, so you get you get. Um, they put it the, on the vinyl too. It's it, on the vinyl, yeah. So wow. so the the first weird. the first side is to the moment, words on a page, and from the turn of a card. Then you flip it over, and you get the gift of love and to the moment single edit. Hmm. Wow, that works. I guess that makes sense with the the vinyl spacing. Yeah, yeah. It, it I think it really does. Okay. Well, it's silly. <laughs> I mean, it's I interesting mean, that the CD has to the moment twice, at least the short ones first, and you're craving the long one. I mean, did I mean what? Who who were they kidding? Did they think that a four minute and twenty two second version of that song was going to make more of a splash than the six minute and thirteen second version? I mean, it was going to break them wide up. And, and what, <laughs> when was this released? 2021, 2020? It's the next 2019, the moment, dude. 2019. Like who was yep. playing this on the radio? <laughs> 2019. <laughs> Seriously. All right. Well, here, 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 here's what hit me. My favorite thing about Live from Leon is Machine Messiah. Yes. And- Yes. I love the slow tempo and I love hearing Chris and the dynamics between Chris and David. I think I actually appreciate Chris more with David for some reason because they just complement each other in a very interesting way, at least that stage in, in, in Chris's career and in, in his voice. And, and just the, the tempo is wonderful because I'm hearing lyrics and I'm hearing little subtleties between the bass and the guitar that I, I don't normally hear. And I, just, I love it. And I think Oliver just nailed those analog synth sounds. And maybe Oliver did too good a job of Jeff Downs and, 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 <laughs> and like, like just, just listening to Machine Messiah live from Leon, you're like, Oh wow! I wish Trevor Horn would come back. <laughs> wow. Well, it, and it's it's funny, right? Because Benoit is a bit of a vocal chameleon, and and you know the and I remember seeing them. I must have seen them on this tour because I I remember seeing them with Benoit. It was whatever whenever Original Asia got back together because I saw them with Asia. And um, I remember it was at the Bass Hall in in downtown Fort Worth. And I remember because Benoit was wearing this vest. It was it was a spectacular show. But the first recorded experience we had with Benoit was Fly From Here. Mm. And I swear up and down that Trevor Horn produced that so that Benoit sounded like Trevor Horn. Um, but, but he has the ability to sound more like John. He has, he, he can sound like John, he can sound like Trevor, or he can sound like Benoit, whatever exactly that is. So he does have, he, he does have this, this sort of spectrum about him and, and he's able to sort of change vocal clothes. And I totally forget where I was going with this. Um, but I, I think you know, for me, the the thing about Machine Messiah that really I, I just I'm not going to say it's the best or the greatest, but what I remember 
is Benoit with the acoustic guitar in that breakdown section. Yeah. And it's just, mm-hmm. it, it, it adds a dimension that that song has never had live. And I just loved it. There is an undeniable charm to John Anderson playing acoustic. There is uh, a sort of uh, amazing lift that I get from seeing John Davidson pull it out and do the acoustic. But I'm going to give the title of acoustic player to Benoit because he just kind of had a command over it in a way that the others didn't or comfort level. Is I think that that's very well said that his, mm-hmm. his, his overall comfort level with acoustic guitar. I, I, I think that's the perfect way to say it. Yeah. And, and if you've ever seen the video, I think that manifests itself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. He, he's, 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 he's got his, like a groove, like a, like, like, like a thing where, whereas the, 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 the others are kind of passively interwoven he seems to have a little bit of drive. Yeah. He's, he's not going to, he's not going to redefine Alan White, but he's, he's, he's putting his little drive in there. And, and, and so really, I think where I was going with my, with my prior rant was given the, the fly from here aspect and given, you know, machine Messiah, there, there seems to be something about this particular five man lineup that, just sort of naturally fits into that drama era. Mm. You know, it, 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 it harkened back to, to the drama era even before. Um, and, and it's just, it's, it's interesting how that, how that happens. And a lot of it is, I would imagine, right. You have, you have the, the Chris Allen, Steve core doing their thing. And then you have two younger guys sort of sitting outside you know, in, in the keyboard and, and vocal range that, you know, I, I don't know, maybe it's something about Steve, Chris and, and Alan together that has like a certain dynamic to it. You know, when you brought in um, Billy in the bass role, you know, it, you, you didn't quite have that same, same dynamic. Hmm. Interesting. I Billy's do feel more like of a they're a layer guy, not a drama guy. Yeah, I do feel like there's some hints of the latter in in some of this. Yes, yes, absolutely. Yeah, and 100%. and I just I, I and I kind of feel like maybe this is the trick of yes. After all these years, is that you know really they just do very well when they have an interjection of new people into the band. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But what's interesting is you, you mentioned. Benoit being able to do, you know, Trevor Horn and, and John Anderson, and he is somewhat chameleon-ish. But I want to say the Buggles recorded Fly From Here before, yes, went back in and, you know, dusted it off and finished it. So um, when you mentioned that Fly From Here sounds like it was produced, you know, so that Benoit could sound like he was probably learning it off of those Buggles tracks mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. maybe he was emulating Trevor a little bit more than you know than normal. Don't know. Yeah, I mean, there was a time period when I swore up and down that the original was Trevor Horn. Mm. Yeah. Well, maybe it was. Maybe it was his voice in there, and finally <laughs> he just said, "Listen, guys, let's just recut it since 
I already sang all of it anyway. That is fascinating. Maybe they kicked uh, Benoit out of the band and Oliver. And then Trevor realized he was going to have to tour with, with, with yes. And he was like, I don't want to do that. Let's bring Benoit back in here and have him sing it. I know there's documentaries that, you know, squan squash that theory. I do think Machine Messiah is maybe not the only song, but one of the songs that benefits from the the old age tempo of Yes. Thank you. Yeah, and, and it's funny, Paul. So, you know, you were talking earlier today about the the old age tempo being present already here in whatever year that yeah. was. And it's not quite as bad as it became or has become, but it, but it is remarkably slower than they were previously. Or, uh, you know, it's, it's funny. One of the things when you listen to ARW, yes. Right. Say what you want to, those fuckers don't slow anything down. (laughs) Well, that's true. (laughs) That's funny. In I mean, fact, yeah, oftentimes I mean, Trevor's trying to speed things up, but that's a whole different story. All right. Well, listen, Siberian Katru on From a Page, live from Leon, is 10 minutes and 40 seconds. On The Royal Affair, it is 10 minutes and 27 seconds. So they actually shaved 13 seconds off of it. <laughs> wow. In the Las Vegas tour. I, I saw that tour in Las Vegas. It was at an outside venue and it was, yeah, it was a weird sort of setup. Yeah. Hmm. Wow. Well, Starship Trooper, well, it's probably just excessive jamming. 1308 on from a page. Starship Trooper is the most, uh, one of the most abused songs with regards to that. There's just way too much wankage going it, on. It is. It's, um, yeah, it's got a good two minutes on uh, on the royal affair. All right. Well, it's funny. I wasn't even sure we were talking about the live stuff. And so far, that's all we've talked about. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, but it, it given the, the scarcity, the paucity of material from this lineup it, and the fact that we only have really four songs on this release, you know, I, I think it's relevant, honestly, because it's the it's really it, it it rounds out the glimpse we have of how much yes this this lineup is, and I think I think the four tracks on this release are going to illustrate that to to a, a pretty good degree. But I, I think it's it's relevant to evaluate how this particular lineup handles the catalog as a whole, and I think I think personally that they do really an an exceptionally enjoyable job. And I think it, it lends a, an extra layer of credibility to these four tracks Mm. because of these four tracks, three of them are written entirely or credited entirely to Oliver Wakeman. Mm. And the fourth is, is credited to the band as a whole, you know, and, and we haven't even touched on, you know, the, the Wakeman progeny aspect of this, like, I don't know 
you know, the, the musical relationship between Rick and Oliver, how much Oliver wants to be his dad or how much he's simply influenced by his dad. Um, however, that comes about, I think in, in this release and certainly in the, in the live performances, Oliver demonstrates a very, very deep understanding of yes, music as a whole perhaps in some ways even better than his father who much like Trevor and I love them both have a tendency to sort of imprint their own very large personality on whatever they're playing. Whereas Oliver, I think appreciate uh, this is my interpretation. Oliver, I think uh, in appreciates the basic of the music mm-hmm. and wants to present it in with as much fidelity as he is able. Yeah. I, yeah, I agree. And I, I feel like that that's what I liked about the when Igor Koroshev was in the band along mm-hmm. when Billy went was really taking a, a more of a of a a role when Chris was still alive. Like I felt like, you know, Billy became such a uh, um almost like an auxiliary player and he was really filling in a lot of the things that that like either Steve wasn't doing or the band wasn't, you know, doing. He was really picking up and Igor Similar to how you're describing Oliver, he really had a, a seemingly a deep appreciation and um, and delivered the music, I think, in a very appropriate and almost as a tribute in, in a way. And it was delightful. And I loved it. I remember Igor in that cowbell. Yes. He's flaying with one hand on the keyboard and he's cowbelling the shit out of it with the other. Yeah. It just, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I, you know, and, and that's just, it's it's charming to me. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, Joe, you made reference to uh, group writing credits. Yep. Well, for me, that's a wonderful throwback to drama where I believe the bulk of the album was just credited to the entire band, including Alan. And, and it's funny because that particular track, um, The Gift of Love, is... It, it, and, and we'll get there when we get there, but it's like, it's, it's an amalgam of, of yes. It, it has some drama elements. It, it, I think Paul, that's where the, the latter elements come in. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it even has a little bit earlier. Yes. Flavor in there. And, but it, it has some new things too. Like there's, there's a, a, a little bit in there. And, and I, you guys tell me if you think I'm crazy, but it's like, Oliver almost gives a nod to Mark Kelly mm. with, with some yes. of the sounds that he's got going uh, on. And it's I like, agree. that's cool. I agree. So you have, you know, you have, yes, one of the originators of prog rock in a way sort of accepting influence or, or pointing toward influences from the neo prog bands as well. And, and I think that's an aspect of of Oliver's age because you know presumably he would have grown up with bands like Marillion. So I think that's cool. So Ken, is there is there any prog context in 2019 that is relevant? No, I, I substituted a dream album that I came up with. Oh, okay. It's called Yes Prepositions. It starts with Into the Storm. <laughs> it goes into To Be Over. From the turn of a card, into the lens, and ends with to the moment. 
Okay, there you I go. I love that you said that, Ken. That is fantastic. <laughs> yeah, we don't have to do history on this. We, 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 we know that 2010 is a very interesting period. Right. So that being said, we have now been gabbing for 35 minutes. Perhaps it's time we talk about what we're actually going to talk about. And that would be yeses from a page which was released in 2019, although it was recorded in 2010. It was produced by none other than Oliver Wakeman and released on the label Yes97 LLC. The personnel include Benoit David on lead vocals and acoustic guitar, Steve Howe on acoustic and electric guitars and backing vocals, Chris Squire, bass and backing vocals, Oliver Wakeman, keyboards, vocals, production, design, and layout, and Alan White on drums. The track listing for the um, for the vinyl edition is To the Moment, Words on a Page, The Turn of a Card, The Gift of Love, and To the Moment, Single Mix. The CD edition has just the four uh, tracks. It does not include the single mix of To the Moment. And I, as I mentioned previously, I bought the quote-unquote boxed set which had not only this release but also in the present live from Lyon um, which includes three CDs and I'll just read through them quickly because it's fun Siberian Katru, I've Seen All Good People Tempest Fugit, Onward Astral Traveler, Yours Is No Disgrace and You and I Corkscrew and Second Initial Steve Howe gets two tracks there apparently and then the, the second CD is Own Over Lonely Heart, South Side of the Sky, Machine Messiah, Heart of the Sunrise, Roundabout, and Starship Trooper. From a Page is a mini album by the English progressive rock band Yes, released on 25 October 2019 by Yes Records. It contains four previously unreleased tracks originally recorded by the 2008 to 2011 lineup of the group and intended for release on an album, but ultimately weren't included on Fly From Here. During this time, the lineup included bassist Chris Squire, guitarist Steve Howe, drummer Alan White, singer Benoit David, and keyboardist Oliver Wakeman. Wakeman, who wrote most of the material on From a Page, was inspired to release it following Squire's death in 2015. So there you go. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Wonderful work, really. It, wonderful work. It, it really, really is. And, you know, And Paul, I think you had provided the context really, really well that, you know, after Chris's death, when, you know, a Yes official was was going around doing their tours and releasing every live album they could think of with tempos that are ponderously slow and ARW was doing their thing and teasing us with, you know, releasing new music that never actually came. And there was a whole lot going on. Um, at this point we had had, you know, you can have the discussion about heaven and earth and whatever that is, excuse me, is, or is not. But when this was released, this was the most yes release we had had in years. And I just, I think it's delightful and it, it is, it is interesting, right? Because it's not, it's not John Anderson. So at this point, this would have been the 
third official studio release without John Anderson follow. Well, no, it would have been the fourth. fourth. So you would have had drama um, fly from here. Heaven and earth, heaven and earth. And then this. So, you know, that's, that's not a lot in, in the thing. And I think we should force it, rank those. We should. We, <laughs> that's actually not a bad. And the um, quest. Yeah. Five, the five non John Anderson. Yes. Albums ranked top to the quest that is I mean, actually a brilliant idea that I, is I, a nice idea that i we've got to do that all that'll right that'll be that'll be something we'll be with special guest john anderson with- <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll get started with okay. to the moment if i could so yes i i think like like a lot of things modern yes the first the first time I heard the the da 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 rip, mm-hmm. you know, I was thinking like Starsky and Hutch. Um, <laughs> but the more I listen to the song, it's just such a fun sort of interjection throughout the the verses, and you know, Chris Squire jumping in there with the bass is just mm-hmm. really tasty, and I love that sort of uh, recapitulation or whatever the root that he keeps um, echoing that he keeps putting in there. Overall, I would say I would give it, uh, you know, a B plus on the music, but I uh, maybe the C minus on the lyrics. Just uh, I just they really? don't. I just don't. You're kidding. Just a little off for me. You're kidding. I yeah. I, Why? I, I just kind of feel like they're kind of <laughs> lame. This is yeah. uh, dream control. This is uh, ah, good stuff. I don't. This I, is very positive. It's very much like, I don't know. It is very positive. Maybe that's the problem. But um, I don't, I don't know. For whatever reason, I just think it makes the, it makes the, an, a lightness of this track that, that I just don't like as much. Um, Interesting. I just love the way Benoit delivers it. It's such a good yeah. message. And he, and he just has this great, subtle delivery on it joe are you catching my drift i am totally catching your drift i love what benoit is doing here i absolutely love it i think his his voice sounds so freaking clear and i think you know when we talk about this in the four tracks here benoit gives us four different flavors of benoit and i think this is the one i like best wow so i just want to be clear i didn't say i didn't like the singer (laughs) <laughs> I said I didn't like the lyrics. I, I, I mean, I like I, I like the lyrics. Uh, my, you know, I, I, I don't know. I, I think it's kind of cool. Do you not like the lyrics or the, like? Do you like the vocal line, the, I, the, the rhythm of the, of the words? I, I do. That's the challenge, because you guys know that 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 the lyrics are the last thing that I'm concerned about. Yeah, so, you, you haven't even I, listened to the lyrics. What are we talking I do, about? I like the. <laughs> it's only I, been out three years. There's no way you know the lyrics. <laughs> but I like, you know, I like the melody. I like the way it's delivered, and I, and I love the backing vocals. You know, the to your dreams. You know, but you know, as I started listening, and I was like, oh, I wonder, I wonder what these lyrics are, and then I pull them up. I'm like, mm, I'm like, well, okay, maybe, so maybe I should have waited longer to to look. So funny aside here, I hadn't realized until literally Sunday that Spotify has lyrics. 
Oh, yeah, that's a, like a newer thing. Yeah. yeah. Uh, my daughter was telling me about it. I'm like, really? And so when I was when I was going through this the last time today, I, I just happened. I'm like, oh, there it is. And I'm like, oh, cool. Great. Because I, I had brought down, you know, my my vinyl so I could have the lyrics in, in a size that I could read. Um, so so let me ask you a question. Um, what do we think about because this is a recurring theme with this band. What do we think about Steve's tones on this song? Someone's got him under wraps. I mean, he's, he's yeah. good. I mean, he's not, I mean, nothing like previous albums. Yeah, I, I agree. And I, and when he comes in um, to the solo section where he, he really makes it sort of like that majory happy part, yeah. I love it. Like to me, that was like the, you know, as, that was like the to, the key to me liking the song when I first heard it. Like as I was like you know listening with my you know age old yes you know fan you know cynical jerk you know <laughs> point of view. Like I heard that and I was like oh I it made me want to listen to it again you know. So yeah I I it's definitely under control and I and I can handle it yeah. I mean, I and, and I bring that up specifically because, I, you know, Oliver is credited with the production on this. So I, I don't know what state the tapes were in when Oliver sat down at, at the board to, to put this together. But if we're going if Oliver is going to be listed as the producer on this, I think we have to give Oliver huge props. I think it sounds oh, yeah, yeah. fucking awesome. Yes. Uh, he should have produced the quest here. here. Well, well, we'll we'll get to the quest next week. It's it's funny. I've got a note here that this song right out of the gate is is really what reminded me of that drama core of of Steve, Chris and Alan, because I think this really manifests that sort of vibe that they had, because whatever else was going on, you know, in 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 1979 and 1980, uh, I mean, it's undeniable that that Steve Allen and Chris were like on a different plane than everyone else. And it was wonderful. And so to get a little flavor of that back here is really, really cool. Now, having said that, I'm going to potentially blaspheme mm -hmm. and, and I'm just going to put this out here and I, I'm curious what you guys think. Am I wrong or not? Paul, you mentioned the, the opening riff. But when it kind of breaks down and goes into the 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 verse part, do you get a little bit of union vibe in there? Hmm. Like almost as if Steve Howe actually had recorded all the parts on Union. Um I I I get that, especially when there's that octave. I don't know if it's a bass octave, like on the eighth string, or if it's a it's a it's a 12 string like detuned or something hmm. i do i do kind of get that you're right there is a little bit of that flavor in there yeah just just a little bit it's not it's not enough and i don't think it's enough again there are a lot of cues back to yes history here and 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 i know in like i said in, invoking union is very very dangerous mm -hmm. especially that side of of union but it I think it's like the good version of that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I, I don't think that's too controversial. Oh, come on. 
Nah. You talk yes, and you bring up union, people are going to crap their pants. Well, you're getting more and more supporters year after year. <laughs> so the, the only other note that I have with regards to from a page, and, and again, I just I freaking love it. And, and one of the things that I find so amazing about it is, you know, it's got this sort of hooky chorus in it. And, and that could come off as cheesy or lightweight. And somehow I'm, I don't like, I can sense that sort of in my periphery, but I don't ever feel it. And, and, and again, the, the biggest example of this is take it easy, right? Cause take it easy has these right. wonderfully delicious, tense verses. And then it just right, goes right into this right. cheesy, sappy gross chorus. And, and, but this is like, again, a sort of a, better version of that yeah i mean the verses aren't quite as good as as make it easy but the chorus is much better than make it easy i agree yeah the chorus is kind of an earworm it just kind of sticks with you i don't know i'm sure this is what one of the parts where you're getting at i dig the the keyboard solos the middle and the end there they do have that mark kelly flair but they also to me remind me of like early sticks and dennis Young. Ooh. um it's like a nice kind of hybrid between those uh those two I really dig it we we know why john anderson is in the picture but why isn't chris even more involved here like like what oliver produced is chris food it's like yeah chris take the bait you know what i mean and 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 you would think that with these nuggets, these tasty morsels, that that Chris and Steve would have been fighting to write around this and to build an album. Like, like what was going on in that period that you just couldn't get any new material out of Chris? Well, maybe they were distracted with the ideas of uh, Fly From Here and whatnot. <sighs> Well, and I think that's part of the lore that's missing, right? We don't yeah. know at what point these were, you know, were, were recorded, worked on. Um, yeah, you know, doesn't Chris it, sing us sing a song on "Fly from Here"? Yes, yes, yeah. he does. Yeah. So I mean, maybe they were just involved in that. But yeah, you're right, Joe. We don't we don't have enough. Maybe we needed to get Oliver Wakeman on. Uh, get the inside scoop. That would be they, cool. They didn't start messing with this till October 2010. Messing with Fly From Here until October 2010. It was recorded mostly in 2011. And mm. I don't know. Well, I'm maybe just... they just weren't telling Oliver because they knew they were kicking him out of the band. <laughs> it just kills me. Which, which, which is really probably the intention of Oliver... Lobbying, lobbying to release all this just just to show us how much good stuff was waiting here. Yeah, and it it really it's unfortunate that this this lineup didn't get to do more. But totally. be that as it may, what's crazy so, is that Oliver and Benoit could really get together and put something together. They could, huh. they, they they could pick up Lee Pomeroy and Lou Molina. There you go. <laughs> I mean, the heck. So let's uh, let's move on to words from a page. Now, 
I made the comment that, you know, in these four songs, or at least certainly in the first three, we get a different Benoit each time out. Here's my interpretation from a page. It's like Trevor Horn Benoit. And this is Benoit Benoit. This is not Benoit trying to sound like anyone else, in my opinion. And I think he sounds absolutely beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I just I think it's it's great. It's interesting, right? Because again, these are these songs are written by Oliver, but in this particular case, Oliver is really driving this. And you have that beautiful piano and voice um, interplay that that really is the center of all of this, much in the same way that John and Rick have been known to collaborate on any number of occasions and and sort of create this this beautiful core. But around that, I think, you know, the parts that Steve Allen and Chris play support that central, that central structure just beautifully. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, 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 I don't know how to say it other than that. Um, I, I just, you know, they're not, none of them are necessarily shredding our face off, but this song doesn't require that there there's a tremendous amount of restraint here that you don't often see in yes that is quite frankly refreshing hmm. well yeah said. i i I, to, I yeah totally agree to me that the verse the verses are just from like a melody perspective and and just how they land on me they're to me very reminiscent of you know early yes like Time in a word, yes. Um, and I dig that. And the chorus to me is so satisfying. And um and the the keyboards and the acoustic guitar, like to me, sort of takes me back to to you know, going for the one and and some moments yeah. on there. And like, you know, like you said, Joe, there are so many sort of yes hallmarks here throughout this whole album and then and then when steve starts playing the, the lap steel and he starts like soaring in those it's so epic with the with the keyboards and the and the like the the um doubled guitar bass or the melody ah yeah I, I, this fucking song blows me away every time i hear it i love it <laughs> it it really is and and you know, it's funny we talk about these hallmarks but it's not in a way that is aping those things yeah exactly. it, it's it's like a it, it's a genuine influence i think and it's mm-hmm. delightful it's almost as if these five guys had been you know writing the songs back in 78 or whatever yeah yeah it's wonderful oh my you really up the bar we're still talking about words on a page right yep yeah the positive vibe that i get from uh and Juan David, and, and this is his true voice. You say, I mean, he doesn't. He doesn't seem like he's trying to sound like someone else, right? Right. Like when you when you sign up to be the singer of Yes, you have a certain role to play. <laughs> but but this is not that. I don't think, and it's going to get even more different on the next track. But for right now, well, lyrically, this is as close as to John as you get in this era. All from the lessons you teach, all from the hearts that you reach. I mean, there, you know, there, there's some yeah. heavy goodness seeping in. 
<laughs> there is some hippie goodness. <laughs> There's a little honey on that granola. I think it's I think it's absolutely delightful. I mean, everything about this this record yeah. is delightful. So when we talk about the solo section, and, and I meant to go back and listen to this and I didn't. So you guys can help me out. Does 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 Steve have a regular solo section that goes into the lap steel? Or is he on the lap steel the whole time at the end of this track? Because I made the note that the first part of the guitar solo at the end doesn't really sound very Steve Howish, but by the end of it, um, when it, it was obvious to me that he was on the lap steel, I was like, well, yeah, this, this is, you know, well, this is Steve on the lap steel, but there was something about that first part of the solo section that I was like, hmm. So I think there's, I definitely think it's acoustic guitar and first with, you know, cause Oliver's doing all this great. Oh yeah. Very, very Wakeman esque piano. And I think, I think Steve, how does a, a, a fantastic job of letting that breathe and, um, and then slowly interjecting and it, he has an acoustic guitar for a little while. And I do think Joe, he has an electric guitar, although he's pretty crafty with that, lap steel sometimes it's hard to yeah to tell when he switches but it does seem to me like it's a, a guitar solo well there there's so much more sustain on the tone than steve normally has yeah which is is why i was thinking that it was it was the lap steel but if if it is the lap steel he's playing it with a, a lot more subtlety than he normally does not that yeah. i mind the way he normally does but yeah it it's just tough sometimes to tell if he's if he's bending or if he's if he's you know using the slide on yeah left yeah, but point, so. point taken i'm the guy who turns off a song on the radio just because i hear lap steel <laughs> <laughs> you know what i mean i i, I, I just don't want to hear, hear too many countryfied things uh well, because that's the thing right and and i know you know the the famous quote from from Bruford about, you know, yes, we're cowboy crazy, but there's something about the way that Steve uses the lap steel that doesn't, doesn't ring my country alarm bells. Cause I'm with yeah. you, Ken, I'm not a big fan of anything countrified either, but Steve, how in the lap steel is just delicious. I think. Yeah. Well, he plays yeah. it like a, I feel like, I feel like it's a little bit like in the same spirit of David Gilmore. Mm. Uh, when when oh. he uses it too, right? He, they, they they play it more like a guitar, but they're just getting different tones and different different notes out of it. And you know, I don't know. It's very cool. They don't really play it like a country music artist does, Although because I, they are rock gods. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> All right. Well, before, but I mean, uh, from the page has delightful arpeggiated piano from oliver mm. i mean this this really would be like a, a bit of a show stopper live i think it you know um gorgeous stuff e e even before um steve comes in with like a nylon string or something uh before it really takes off it's just ironic because you have oliver but then you have adam wakeman and he does like marginal keyboard parts for heavy metal bands and probably makes three times as much money, <laughs> but <laughs> no, and Oliver 
goes all out to get in, into his dad's lot, you know, just to be, oops, uh, uh, sorry. Sorry, Jeff's here now. Sorry, bye. <laughs> yeah, like I said, I, I think I think the treatment of Oliver is is maybe worse than than Benoit because yeah. at least at least Benoit had you know ironically health issues that you know kind of removed him from from the slot. Oliver was just like, oh, "Sorry, our buddy Jeff's here later," and that's not cool. I just love the melody. Words on a page could be the Ken Gregory school of just put a song on loop. If you know, it's six minutes and 21 seconds and it's all kind of dreamy. If you don't have anything important to do, you can put it on loop. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that definitely up high, the high parts. Definitely. That's that classic Steve. I'm I'm soaring on the Mm. lap still. To Oliver's credit, just producing that beast of an instrument is a big deal. Yeah, yeah, for yeah. sure. We are now on from the turn of a card, and third oh. third track, and now we have a third version of Benoit David. Yes, which is even more different from the other two that we've heard. <laughs> all, all I all I really have to say, I'm just going to say this, and then I'll sit back and listen to you guys. All I really can say about this song is it sounds like they started writing a journey song oh wow why do you gotta be like that and then they quick they took a quick turn to a high school musical (laughs) it's a minuet it's it's a little thing i mean i mean i i i think (laughs) having glossed through some of oliver's catalog i mean he does a lot of proggy storytelling and you know it's all ages appropriate and this is this is maybe more of the children's side of it but it's just it's just fantastic i think this song is very wakeman and and i say that in the sense of family wakeman like it 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 feels it, it feels like something that rick could have done or would have done and so again this is another example of you know how does this happen with oliver it was was he trained or was he influenced? I don't know. It doesn't really matter. The fact of the the fact of the matter is this this shows up here. And Paul, I don't know if this was the point that you were trying to make earlier, right? But one of the things that we here on the palaver always just revel in or often revel in when it comes to yes albums is the the vocal stylings of one Chris Squire. So why isn't Chris more involved in this record? Like were they were those lines never recorded? Did we never get that far? Mm. When I listen to because in, in this particular case, right, you have this sort of call and answer on on yeah. on the chorus, but it doesn't sound like a classic Squire Howe backing vocal mix right it 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 sounds almost like a high school another that's i think i I think it sounds like another benoit (laughs) well it does i mean i think that's i think maybe that's what gives it that because every time i hear this that you know the chorus i just picture guys in top hats and long coats with fancy buttons moving their heads around a lot while they're singing (laughs) 
and 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 I think that's that's my interpretation of the lack of Chris Squireness to to these. To you these had vocals. to go with the heads. <laughs> I, I I got tripped up on the fancy buttons, but. <laughs> However you interpret it, it seems obvious that, you know, there there's there's a lack of a certain Chris Squire special sauce element that's missing here. Yes. Right. And, yes. and, and this is this is a place where if you had that. It might dramatically change the impression of this song. Could it? Maybe it, could. it definitely could. Yeah. It just occurred to me that this is Billy Sherwood's circa years with all the and and at that it was the early circa years it was you know when he was you know really tight with uh tony but also didn't alan was in circa i mean i mean initially yes so much yeah. in the very beginning so much brazen energy in the in that circa material and it's just funny how chill yes is during this period Chris it is makes- just not plugged in, man. I just, I just got to say it again. You know, if it, it, all you need is three guys, and and if, if Chris could have been really plugged in, it would have been amazing. Yeah, I, I do kind of wonder. I mean, given this is only three and a half minutes long and it's just piano and vocals, like I, I do kind of wonder if this was just a demo that they put together and sort of like we're gonna work yeah, on it much. from there with everyone else and they just yeah. never did because i th- i think that's that's a very viable hypothesis for this and, and like i said it, it may very well be that you know those vocal tracks were just never recorded which is why they're not here you can't imagine if anyone is producing a yes record and you have viable chris squire vocal tracks at your disposal you're right. gonna damn well make sure that they're there i mean that's practically all that that happened on you know, union. If we're talking about that earlier, like at least we got Chris Squire's vocals on there. (laughs) So, so if, if that's the case, right, then I'm going to give, I'm going to give Oliver a special production award for making this as much as he did out of what maybe he had. Yeah. Chris food. I, I, yeah. I'm just waiting for Curzon to release the the Squire package where you just plug in the plugin and, and Chris starts singing he repeats everything you say, basically. <laughs> Dave Kirsner, if you're listening, there's your golden idea for the day. <laughs> That's actually brilliant. <laughs> We're going to have AI that does that just three years from now. Oh, Chris. <laughs> Wow. <sighs> There's a little slider button for randomized <laughs> lyrics. Uh, too fantastic. Okay. So I, I, you know, I think, I think it's pretty straightforward. I, I did not go to the high school musical with top hats, long coats, fancy buttons and moving heads, but um, all did. Uh, I, you know, it, it, it has a certain, sparse charm to it and, and it certainly doesn't detract from my enjoyment of this this record i do find it interesting when we talk about the the, the call and answer in the chorus and so the the line for the 
the first two times we go into the chorus is, why can't I see what you see? I find it interesting that on the last time we get the chorus, the the call part is, now I can see what you see. But the answer part remains, why can't I see? And it, it feels a little disjointed, but it's interesting. I don't know what it means. I'm just something I, I observed. Are we to believe that Oliver did all the lyrics? I mean, he's the sole credited songwriter. So, yes, I think we have to believe that. I mean, he's kind of a savant. He's gifted. He is gifted. I, I think, you know, these three songs, uh, you know, sparseness on from the turn of a card aside, I think, you know, again, speak to a level of prowess that it's I, I just think it's a shame he didn't get, you know, another shot at this. Yeah, I think I think he had some some legs. And so then we get into the the semi epic, the gift of love. So this is the one that is credited to the whole group. This is the song that, you know, goes a lot of different places. And, you know, at times it feels very drama esque. At times it feels very um, laddery. And and all of that is really good. I, I just I think it's it's so good. And and here again we have you know, on the refrain. Is it is it Squire? Is it Squire? How is it Squire David? Like I don't know where the vocals are coming from here. It, it doesn't sound normal. So again, we're I think I think it's just I think it's the same thing where we have to be left with the fact that we didn't. Chris didn't record all the parts that he under normal circumstances would have before they shelved this and moved on. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause it, it, it just, you know, while musically this sounds exceptionally yes, like without Chris's vocal part. And, and again, I've come to, to sort of appreciate much more what Steve brought to the table in that regard as well. It, it, this doesn't sound in terms of backing vocals like that at all. And it's, it's the one thing that kind of makes you go, er, and, and we do have a little, little hippie magic going on here too, right? The gift of love is all we need. I mean, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. there you go. And I mean, there, there's a certain yes quality to that too. Right. So, you know, I, I don't know. I just, it, it's, it's a nine minute. Yes. Song. I, it just feels like a yes song with the exception of, of the backing vocals. And I think it's, it's exceptionally well done. I, I enjoy listening to it. And I think, I think Benoit really brings it vocally here. Um, I think this is probably, you know, his most aggressive uh, performance on this record, you know, cause yeah. we, we talked about, right. It, it, back in the day, John had this sort of attack, when he was really into it. I mean, he's got this ethereal, angelic voice, but he's got this sort of hammering attack and grit to, yeah. to his delivery. And I think, you know, I think we get a little bit of that here. Yeah. We're all stunned into silence. It's I love just, it. It's just funny because this song is like, it's the one that they all worked on, you know, right? They all wrote. It is decidedly the most, like you said, the most yes-ish, song i think it's beautiful from front to back i think i i don't know i don't know what i like more 
Benoit's vocals, the keyboard patches, pads, solos, or the stuff that Steve Howe is doing. But what it's fine. I never really thought about it until you talked about it, Joe. Like what, what you don't really get from this is Chris Squire. Yeah. Um, you don't get crazy bass things that are happening. You don't get, you know, there's, there's, there's no adventurism from not, I shouldn't say none. No, but there's not a lot of adventurous playing by the rhythm section. And maybe there shouldn't be, but you sort of come to expect that or something. And there's, there's that missing mark on this that I think kind of just sits with me. And, and that's interesting, right? Because I'm sure there are a lot of people who know a lot more about, you know, yes. And their and their process than we do. But if, if that's the case, right. So think about this, they started recording these songs and they moved on to fly from here and the things that ultimately wound up there. And presumably they just never did this. So is, are these songs actually telling us that first pass through, you know, Chris and Alan would sort of play the minimum. Yeah. And then go back in and Chris would be like, here are 85 things that I can do that are going to make this <laughs> fucking badass. <laughs> yeah. And he would go in after the fact. It's, it's a question, right? I'm going to, this is going to sound horrible. I, except for some absolutely brilliant vocals. I'm going to say that Chris phoned it in on fly from here because. Um, uh, wow. He, he, right. He's not as dense in the credits as he could have been. I, you know, maybe, maybe that's when the health issues first crept up on him or something. But um, uh, it, it's sad, but it's also beautiful just to have him there. Yeah. Well, I mean, even even in these relatively simple things, and we've had this conversation before, certainly because, you know, in when Chris would play with Trevor, there were certain times when Chris would happily sort of, you know, step back if you will and and be more straightforward of a bass player but even then like when he was playing something straightforward it still had you know a recognizable amount of flair to it yeah and you know so so chris can can do that and you know he's he's an exceptional bass player so even when he's playing something extremely straightforward it's still exceptional yeah. it's just straightforward I wonder if Oliver just cut him out of the mix because he was pissed off. He got kicked out of the band. <laughs> I, well, I read that if, Oliver lived near Steve Howe and that they, he played in his solo act. So it seemed like he would have had more rapport there. But but maybe for this, clearly, to satisfy the three of us, he would have, you know, lived near Chris. <laughs> Um, but yeah, proximity is a big deal. I mean, I mean, just have to immerse yourself. Was Chris living in the U S during probably? Yeah. yeah. So Chris, maybe Chris, Chris was, yeah. I mean, Chris lived in, I think Arizona for quite some time. Yeah. Mm. That would make sense. And, 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 and yeah. And I, Oliver and how we're, 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 we're back home in the motherland and doing their thing. Um, but it's not a, not a huge Steve album either but may maybe he's a little more engaged somehow this is where on 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 the gift of love i asked the question 
you know, what do you really love more? Do you like two minute snippets stitched together, like close to the edge, or do you like the one cohesive idea? Because you, you can make a case for either. Like this is that one six minute cohesive idea. That's pretty incredible, but then you have to keep someone's attention for six minutes. Whereas if you just make a bunch of little um, wacky pop songs and stitch them together, like close to the edge, you've got a whole different set of challenges. Uh, and this, this really illustrates the, the, the two different yes-isms. That's a fascinating hypothesis, Ken. Really is. And I don't know what the answer to that question is. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to have to ponder that because that's that's like a really difficult question to answer, right? Do you want do you want shoot high aim low or do you want close to the edge? I do I have to choose? Yeah. Just yeah. If you if you if you if you did, if you could only have one. <laughs> Where does uh, Awaken has to fit into the, the close to the edge category, right? Probably. Yeah. Well, I it's would, a high. Yeah, that is probably the say. perfect hybrid of, yeah. of the cohesive song mixed with the with the. Maybe tablet. that's why it's so fucking good. Maybe. How about Open Your Eyes? Is that a big cohesive? No. No. It's just bad. <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> I, I think I think the song "Open Your Eyes" is good. The first two tracks on that that record are, are really enjoyable, and the rest of it's just a big, not great thing. Um, Mind Drive is that? Is that Mind Drive is from oh, Keys to Ascension. Yeah, is that a stitch, or is it more of a? I oh, I, it's a stitch. definitely a stitch. Yeah. yeah, definitely a stitch. I, I either, think either way, I just would like it with more Chris Squire. That's that's. All. <laughs> <laughs> really the answer to a lot of things <laughs> I, I i'm i'm unable to to answer that question as as provocative and thought-provoking as it is ken um but it, it it does raise the point so you know this this release is not perfect it was not ever completed um you know to any definable standard and yet oliver was able to, I think, make a very, very solid release out of it. And we have to give, you know, whatever credit is due, as we did at the top of the episode, that he was allowed, if that's the, the right term, to release this under the Yes moniker, because I do think it fits in perfectly. In, in some ways, you know, let's, it's always fun to, to invoke Stephen King's The Dark Tower. It's, it's a lot like The Wind Through the Keyhole. So Stephen King wrote the original seven book arc, said he was done with it. And then, you know, a handful of years later, he had another story that actually fit in between books four and five. And he wrote it and released it. And he even says in the foreword, hey, put this between books four and five on your bookshelf because that's where it belongs. And I think this is exactly what happens. It was released sort of out of chronology, but it definitely should be slotted right in between fly from here and what came before that magnification, I think. Mm. Right. 
So, yeah, I, I think uh, I think this was fun. This was, a you know, when this came out, it was, you know, it was one of those things where I wanted to talk about it. It just it didn't work out. And so I'm glad we're kind of going back in and to be able to to consider this with the quest. Um, Ken, you you've already made some sort of forward looking comments there. I'll be curious to see how we we think about that. I I'll sort of tip my hand in that. I think the quest is more in line than heaven and earth was. And I'll be curious to get everyone's Uh thoughts on that. And I I think in some ways it, it has more in common with this than certainly it does with heaven and earth as well. So it's fun to get back into. Yes. And it's fun to talk about this particular lineup. And I'm glad that we have this to be able to, to consider it. And who knows, maybe someday in the future, um, you know, we'll get our yes franchise pool idea that I keep touting. And, you know, we may get some sort of a a resurrection of, of, of Oliver and whoever else wants to play with and sing with him at that point. Anything's possible at this point, but it's good to get back into. Yes. Um, Any closing thoughts for you guys on this record? Uh, I'm craving magnification right now. I don't know why. Are you guys craving any certain yes from this period after going through this exercise? I'm with Joe. I was immediately struck with, I want to go listen to fly from here. Yeah. 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 And, And did you Paul? I did not. I did. I did today. As a matter of fact, I was driving around. I, I had some errands to run. And so I picked up two CDs when I went out to the car. Yes, fly from here. And in a very convenient spot that I picked it up, Stephen Wilson's To the Bone, ah, which was absolutely delightful. Yummy. And uh, I enjoyed both of them tremendously. Um, I, it, it's amazing how much I still love Fly From Here. And, uh, but, but yeah, this, this record brought me there. And I think a lot of it has to do with Benoit. I, I have always been a huge Benoit David fan. I loved it when he was in the band. I enjoyed seeing those concerts. I've enjoyed, you know, these two releases with him. I was indignant when return trip was made and Benoit was excised from, Mm -hmm. from the family tree. Uh, But I just, I, I really enjoy what he does. And I, you know, so I'm, I'm happy to, to do this. You're here. Yeah. I think, you know, the thing that stopped me from picking that up was no Oliver, right? Like I was, I wanted to listen to fly from here, but then I was like, "Mm, Oliver's not on that. And then I realized I don't have anything else that Oliver's on. So right. maybe it on into the storm. Maybe. Oh, well, that's true. I guess, uh, I guess he is on it. I didn't, I, I wasn't really thinking I'm just about saying that. writing credits. So maybe I, I don't know need... that into the storm is the best example of Oliver's work yeah. either, but maybe I just need to, you know, research and maybe pick up some Oliver Wakeman. Maybe. All right. So we'll and, leave and it I here. Will, oh, I, I'm, I'm sorry. sorry. One last thing I will say, if you need a Benoit David fix, um, he ha- he sings on a couple of mystery albums and he's yeah. a fucking badass. So there's that. If you were up late at night editing a Palaver episode, would you want 
the stitch together two minute segments or the, or the one cohesive idea, <laughs> the one cohesive idea. I can yeah. tell you that from experience, God. the, 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 the two, the two minute bits is murderous. <laughs> it's, it's very funny how, how different editing these, these episodes can be depending on how coherent our thoughts are on any given night. <laughs> But uh, but anyway, so that guys, this was great. I really enjoyed it. I'm very much I'm looking forward to talking about the quest. And I'm going to tell you right up front, I steadfastly refuse to talk about the bonus tracks, at least the oh. one about the Beatles. If you guys want to talk about them, oh that's my fine. God. But I am not going to participate in any way shape or form i'm just letting you know right now it's not going to happen i i wish i had never heard that thing i've only ever heard it once and i'm never going to listen to it again Ooh, but we just say at the beginning of this episode that we've never successfully suppressed an idea from the flavor <laughs> <laughs> yeah but i'm not going to talk about it you guys can talk about it i'm not going to do it I'm kind of with you on this one, Joe. We can just skip a song. Okay. One song in, in, in five years, we can we can we can make that happen. I think we can do it. Great. Cool. And then we've got Paul. You know, you get a gold star for the day for coming up with the best bonus episode idea. Oh, awesome. Um, very much looking forward to that. So at at some point in the middle of this of this five five part mini arc, we're going to have to record a bonus episode where we force rank non-john anderson yes albums that's going to be fascinating all right oh, cool you just you just named it. it it's going to be called non-anderson not <laughs> <laughs> uh... love it see we've got we've got the juices flowing here we've got we've got our own our own thing going so this is great thank you guys so much very much look forward to to next week and we're gonna rock it awesome We hope you've enjoyed this episode of Progressive Palaver. As always, we've enjoyed sharing the conversation with you, and we look forward to your thoughts, comments, feedback, and questions. You can reach us on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter. We are at Progpala on all of those, or search for Progressive Palaver. You're welcome to email us. Our email address is progpala, that's P-R-O-G-P-A-L-A, at gmail.com. Progressive Palaver is available for subscription and download on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Pandora, or presumably wherever you find your podcasts. And we are as always, hosted on SoundCloud. So until next time, thanks for listening. <laughs>